0: Welcome back, chefs, to this week's episode. This week, we are continuing our Hot Takes thread. I believe this is number three, and we've got some crazy ones lined up. We have a whole lot of things we're going to be covering. And just to put it out there right now, we are back in the studio, face-to-face, me and Jacob. Matching outfits. Matching outfits, even, (laughs) and a construction zone right behind us. So please stick through this episode. It's a really fun one. I'd say I like this one even better than last week's episode. Very informative. Very informative, and we take a lot more educational takes from this one as well. Yeah. So without further ado, let's cook. Hey. Living in Ooh, such a Oh Life on a such a beautiful scene, yeah. Good morning, Jacob. Do less God <laughs> bless. <laughs> yeah, you got me the sweatshirt. Yeah. What's his name? Trey Trey Kennedy. Trey Kennedy.
1: Yeah, he, uh, he has a podcast called Correct Opinions. I've never listened to it, which is hilarious.
0: I bet anything he does like is this. Hilarious. He kind of
1: just reads crazy takes and uh, just spikes some controversial discussions in his comments. I love Trey Kennedy. Yeah, do less. Yeah. God bless. I think it's a good mantra yeah. for, the, for our industry yeah. to, to live by. Just just do less.
0: Yeah. <laughs> good uh, mantra for our podcast as well. Yeah, do less. We're literally doing the minimum. Yeah. Today we're just reading comments. Yeah. Uh, Playing off of what we did last week, last yeah. week right? This is going to be so a Hot Takes Part yeah. 3. Part
1: 3. <sighs> Naming names once again. Yeah,
0: we'll name names.
1: And per requests of Jay from Je- Jeffrey and Mac Films, um, we're together again.
0: Yeah. This is solely because Jay.
1: Yeah. This will never happen again, yeah. Jay. At least not in this place. <clears throat> yeah, this studio is... <laughs> it's a construction zone right now. <laughs> Literally.
0: We're looking at yeah. a huge uh, set they're yeah. trying to build. And the guy came by, and he's building more sets outside. Yeah. So if you hear some drills, yeah, we're sorry. There's nothing we can do about it. Nothing. <sighs> Landon, You'll probably
1: hear some power tools. So Landon, you know,
0: Landon won't bring the construction guy back out because he has to pay him by day.
1: I get it. <clears That's <clears fine. I that <clears> get sense. you. I wouldn't it, it works yeah. economically.
0: You got any? Uh, you got any fun plans for Valentine's Day? No. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither Got
1: kind of a date with my barber
0: <laughs> With your barber?
1: Yeah, that's all I got Wow Got a haircut tomorrow
0: Probably go to dinner
1: Yeah, I think we are we usually make like uh, mini homemade pizzas on Valentine's Day Really? And watch a movie uh,
0: What movie?
1: I don't know, it's kind of our Valentine's We just kind of get Harmon stuff, make little pizzas Pepperonis I like that Yeah I like a good pizza It's no tea and pizza, but it's, hey, it's home a pizza... <laughs> it's lazy it's lazy mini pizzas
0: hey we like that though Pizza yeah, a
1: pizza just, yeah I'm not huge Valentine's Day people
0: I feel like more and more people are starting to celebrate it though yeah. I feel like he was dead there for a couple years yeah but I feel like people now have all their like Christmas I've seen people with Christmas lights yeah
1: I've been to that every everywhere. Valentine's Day. our whole street is pink and white Christmas lights huh like everyone has Interesting. A, we're the only one who doesn't
0: yeah, we're probably not going to do much for Valentine's. We'll probably probably do the same thing. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a pizza and a movie night. Sounds great. <laughs> Why not? That sounds amazing, actually. Guys,
1: happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's. Welcome Day. Welcome back to the kitchen. If you're listening to this on Valentine's Day, safe to say you're alone <laughs> 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 and you have nobody else except for us. <laughs> Just kidding.
0: <laughs> oh, uh,
1: yeah. We were taught well. by Luke Yamada Geisentines. You what? Guys
0: and Tines, what's that?
1: It's like when the bros hang out on Valentine's Day well, because they're we all single. Like guys and Tines, because
0: they have Galantines.
1: Galantines, yeah. So yeah. guys and Tines, yeah.
0: I'd be down for a little guys and Tines. Yeah. What would we do? Just cook some brisket.
1: Yeah. Well, we have we have Valentine's. We have Kayla and Kenzie. Guys and Tines is for oh, like the single oh, bros oh, oh, who have oh, no oh, one else. Oh, to... oh,
0: I gotcha. Well, that's. I feel like married women still do Galentine's. They yeah, have but them. when
1: guys do it, it's like sad.
0: <laughs> That's true,
1: huh? <laughs> it's a day about love and you're all yeah. just hanging out together. Uh,
0: That's true. Yeah.
1: No offense if you're a guy who actually enjoys guys and tines.
0: <laughs> yeah, no offense. No judgment here.
1: Sounds yeah. like a good time. Yeah.
0: But yeah, well, uh, it'll be a good day.
1: Yeah. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We'll end to February. But yeah, like Nate said, we're going to go back to hot takes. We're going to be reading, uh, continuing the post from our Facebook group, naming names, calling people out. Uh, and just kind of <laughs> diving into some of these takes and giving our two cents about some of these takes, which, um, there's some good takes. I'm excited to dive more into Matthew Reed's takes cause I like his takes a lot.
0: Dude is unhinged.
1: Yeah. Matthew's unhinged in our group. Uh, if you guys want to join our Facebook group again, participate in these discussions. We'll link that below. Uh, but let's start off the, uh, with a, with a, a hot one from Emily Glaude. Emily is from Wild and Rome. We are speaking at their retreat, their cruise this year. Uh, good friends of ours, if associate shot for us. And uh, we're going to start off the podcast today with her hot take, which is, <laughs> and I think we've talked about this before, I am tired of father and bridesmaids' first looks. Let's at least make them natural looking, i.e. dad walking in the door and seeing bride and not super staged. And the first comment is, agree with this. What are your thoughts on... Daddy-daughter first looks. Because we filmed our fair share of those.
0: Yeah. We have filmed quite a mm-hmm. bit. I've really liked some of them.
1: Oh, man. First one that came to mind? Belknap.
0: Yeah. Belknap. Belknap, but that's also-
1: That's like the-, that's the- the apex of the video. (laughs) It really was. It really (laughs) was. Because of how beautiful that first look was.
0: And yeah, the bell nap. And that was right when we were starting Runaway Vows, we Uh did the bell nap. Uh And and that like popped off and it started going like viral. Arguably
1: one of my favorite first looks ever. Oh, it was incredible. On top of like bride and groom first looks, that first look was one of my favorites.
0: I would say before that moment, I would agree with this, but now I'm more leaning towards the, well, it kind of depends on the wedding. Depends on the father because we've had Uh some fathers who bless their heart. They just turn around and they're like, they don't know how to be emotional with their daughter and like, Whoa. right. But we've had some dads just tear up and it's the most beautiful bell naps.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, a common theme, I think with last week's hot takes and this discussion. And I think a lot of these things that we're going to read today is a lot of the times when it's like this, like it's like me and my dad are so close. Like right. this first look would be amazing versus like, I want to do a daddy daughter first looks. I saw it on Pinterest or I, it's what we should do, you know? Right. Um, and I think a lot of brides wish it was more of a moment than the dad actually turns it into be. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you blame the bride for that for wanting it. You I know, mean, it's her day. Why not have a daddy daughter first look? That's what you want, right? But it's like, well, what if your dad just is kind of kind of make it worse than? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how no, to. Kind
0: of, I, I, yeah, no, I. I, I think- also
1: loved um another favorite of mine was the Colorado one we just did.
0: Yeah, that was Mason a Mason and one. Jeff's wedding.
1: That, that was, was a good that one. Was just, Because it was like natural. It was, and right. it was what Emily said, like she walked out, the dad was there and it was just like, oh my gosh,
0: you know? Right. We've also done some more staged ones. The The first one that came to my mind was the uh, Cabo one. Remember when she walked down and her bridesmaids were at the bottom of the stairs and they turned out? Oh, yeah. I thought that was really pretty. I thought it was really pretty, even though it was kind of a staged thing. Yeah. Theater, it still turned out good. Yeah, those girls did a good job. They did a good job. Yeah. I would say I agree in so much as the dad's ability to yeah. be
1: emotional. Yeah. Hold on. I think I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
0: mixed good. In, I'm good. I'm Mixed in with the staple gun <laughs> yeah, in the background. I'm
1: good. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, again, sorry about the construction, but it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's a hot take, but I I do agree. I think but I, I, I could pick out every part of the wedding day and think, you know what? Without the right intention that it just always mm-hmm. falls flat.
0: I wouldn't say I'm tired of it though. No. If you see it with the dad, it's like, okay, sick. We're gonna mic him up. Mm-hmm. This could be really good. Mm-hmm. Could be really bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All
0: I'm, right. I'm lukewarm about that one. Yeah. Luke, who we got next? We, we got should give ratings to these. We got a Matthew. Also,
1: Reed. I didn't tell you I finished the bear. You finished the bear. Yeah.
0: How about that finale?
1: Uh, finale was mid.
0: The last, the last episode was mid. Minutes, the last fifteen minutes.
1: Mid. You're kidding. Why was he in the freezer the entire time? But, but like... But that, I wanted to see him take her out of the kitchen, but, but I understand why he didn't.
0: But, like, that whole dialogue between him and Cuz, was that not incredible?
1: Oh, just the F word, every every other word?
0: Just screaming yeah. at each other?
1: Yeah. That I wanted to end with, like, maybe some crying hugs or something.
0: I thought that was a great episode. I liked it. The mom. It. The mom showing up, but not telling him. Didn't go in. Didn't go in? Yeah. I thought that was a Mid. great episode. I thought it was a fantastic <laughs> I episode. I thought
1: the Forks episode was probably my favorite episode ever of yep, television. That was
0: the one after with, Thanksgiving? Uh,
1: with Cousin having to go polish
0: Forks. That was a great one.
1: I learned a lot. In fact, I want our team to watch it. It's and f- then oh, how no. can we apply this to Runaway Vows? Because there's a lot of... Just when they said we're in the hospitality business, I'm like, so are we.
0: I actually uh, I actually bought that book after that episode. It's Unreasonable Hospitality, mm-hmm. the yellow and black mm-hmm. book. I saw him reading. I'm like, hmm. And I bought it and started reading it just yeah. because of that episode. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: My dad loves that book.
0: Oh, it's an, yeah, yeah. It's actually really good. But anyway, the, the Thanksgiving I, just, I think I
1: wanted to see Carmi take charge of the kitchen and just be, be the man. Yeah. And then What's-Her-Name didn't do a good job. Sydney. Hasn't done a good job for two seasons. I don't like Sydney. And uh, I did like Rich stepping in. Didn't be in the expediter, but I was like, also I was like, it's not your job. Anyway, we can talk about TV shows later. Sorry.
0: But the Thanksgiving <laughs> episode was really good. That was crazy. That was so good. An hour. Yeah. Oh, that
1: was amazing. All right. <clears throat> moving on to Matthew Reed.
0: Okay, Matthew Reed. Here we go. <laughs> is the next on your list too? This one is kay. absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Handheld only videographers are the new natural light only photographers. <laughs>
1: That's so savage. <laughs>
0: There was a time when that was really hot, you know, and the bio was natural light yeah. only photographer. And he's saying that the handheld only videographers are using that as their staple. You yeah. might as well put that in their bio. Yeah.
1: Well, and my comment on this was a lot of handheld videographers shoot handheld incorrectly.
0: I can agree with that. Yeah. Like, I
1: think, I think there's a certain light, like, like a gimbal, like a glide cam, like a monopod. There's a right and a wrong way to do that tool. Yeah. And handheld isn't just like a, it's not easier. Right. It's actually harder. Mm-hmm. And you have to know what you're doing. Yeah. And there are very few, in my opinion, who actually do it correctly.
0: You got to be a lot more strict with composition with Handle. Uh-huh. And just to say it, mm-hmm. you're not Jay and Mac.
1: Yeah. And most and, people well, I they they that most, like you are. Yeah. Not, yeah. J and Mac are good example of people who do it correctly.
0: Right. They do it correctly, mm-hmm. and everyone sees it. We, we fell prey to this. We're like, man. Yeah, we tried it. Yeah, we're like, we want to do more handheld stuff, and we tried mm-hmm. to be Jay and Mac, and it didn't work yeah. for
1: us. Because so you we, need to put the practice in. Yeah. You have to learn the movements. You, have to, you have, It's just a whole new skill, set so you have to learn.
0: Yeah. And you watch like a Netflix documentary, mm-hmm. and you're like, it's handheld. Look at that, bit. When
1: really, it's just on an easy rig. Yeah, it's yeah. on an easy rig, yeah. and
0: it's a full set, Yeah, and they do multiple takes. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it was a hilarious comparison. Calling on the natural light (laughs) only photographers is wild. (laughs) Comparing (laughs) those two groups,
1: yeah, because yeah, and I think again, same thing. I think people thought natural light was easy because if someone blew up as a natural light photographer and it looked easy because it was less gear, and then everyone started doing natural light incorrectly. Same with handheld; like Mm -hmm. it looks easier, but it's
0: actually not. Yeah, in theory, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, it's actually not. You have to actually have to edit. It's harder to edit. Yeah, might be easier to shoot, but you have to know how to edit that stuff. It's yeah. a whole different way to edit. Yeah, you have to hold your takes longer.
0: It's a learning curve. Yeah, it is a long learning uh-huh. curve. That's for sure. That was
1: natural light. That was only. hilarious, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew's, Matthews unhinged.
0: I just I totally forgot about that that group of people, the natural light only photographers, mm-hmm. until this comment. Yeah. I have yeah.
1: Ruthless. <laughs> All right. You don't have to like, this is from Adam Grumbo. Our boy. And Adam comments, I got to sneeze so bad. I got to
0: sneeze. I'm going to take a, a sip of Oh, something. I just lost
1: my spot. All right. Adam Grumbo. I'm finding it. All right. You don't have to like doing weddings to make amazing films. I think Adam's projecting here that he doesn't <laughs> like weddings,
0: <laughs> but I 100% agree. Really? I do. But with an asterisk here. Yeah. I think that the better you get at something, the more you like it. Mm-hmm. So Adam's great at weddings, and I'm sure he enjoys it to an extent now. But I think just starting out, you maybe have to have a little bit of passion. Mm-hmm. But a job is a job. It's going to become That's a what job. I
1: was going to say. Yeah.
0: And you don't have to have that passion behind it. It can mm-hmm. just be your means of making money. Mm-hmm. And you can just be a sole businessman. Yeah. You don't have to be the And for I think if you're
1: somebody who needs to really enjoy your job... And be passionate about your job, then this might not be for you if it's mm-hmm. if you're not something you're passionate about doing. Depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but correct, you you your enjoyment level at a wedding shouldn't dictate the product mm-hmm. your clients get. Mm-hmm. It should be good no matter what. Yeah. You know? And if you truly don't like doing weddings, but liking your job is important to you, then change jobs. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think it's also because. Yeah. For example, with a with a nine-to-five job, let's just say like a software engineering mm-hmm. job, it's very common for people to get there and not actually like doing their job, but yeah. they're stuck there because they went to college and they got mm-hmm. a degree, so they feel they need to do that. Yeah. Whereas with the wedding videography business, there's hardly any, I can't think of a single person, you don't just stumble into a wedding videography career. You have yeah. to make a very deliberate choice. Yeah. I'm doing this because I like doing yeah. it. So everyone comes into the career because I think they like it. Mm-hmm. And then it just became this: you have to love it. You're a creative person. They're beautiful, and this and this. But I would consider myself one of those people that I enjoy doing it, and I still do enjoy doing it. But it's more of a a means to an end. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think very few weddings throughout the year actually make me like Mm -hmm. absolutely in love Mm -hmm. with the job. I I agree. But most of them, I just like I I I do enjoy filming events, and I think. If you're good at something, you naturally just enjoy doing that thing. Yeah. And so I, every time we film a wedding, I do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But there's only a few a year where I'm like passionately invested, in like agree. oh my gosh, this is I so agree. fulfilling. The rest is just like super fun to job. Yeah. It's a cool job. But the paycheck is is why.
0: Doing it. Right. No, our, our our Colorado wedding just recently. That I I love that wedding. That was one where we just had fun.
1: That was one of the best weddings.
0: That was a great. Carly
1: wedding. made that wedding.
0: Carly made that a fantastic wedding. She was amazing. Yeah. yeah. That was that was a great wedding. Yeah. And I think it showed in the work.
1: Awesome couple, awesome wedding, awesome details. Yeah. and But to Adam's credit too, like you, if you're not feeling it at a wedding, mm-hmm. that's not like you shouldn't let that dictate how you work. Right. You should still put your 10 out of 10 effort into you it. You should
0: have your systems in place. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Is it my turn to read?
1: Let's skip the Anthony Wright one.
0: Yeah. Because I disagree with that one.
1: <laughs> We've just talked about it before. <laughs> All right.
0: All right. Who are we on? Isaac?
1: Yeah.
0: Ooh, Isaac Bollington coming in hot. He says people need to stop saying their work is, quote, cinematic when it isn't. We need to <laughs> we need to have like 80% less slow motion. Getting ready shots are usually not very important and contribute very little to the film.
1: <laughs> there's kind of two takes in there. There are, there's a one little... the word cinematic. Right. Three, actually, two, abolish slow motion, slow which motion we have already addressed last week. And shots. three, getting ready shots.
0: A lot to unpack.
1: I love getting ready shots. Me
0: too. Arguably one of my favorite parts Same. of the day. Same. We're so creative. Like, I agree, us. it doesn't
1: contribute anything to the film. You don't need it. We've shot weddings where we don't even get that footage. Uh, but I kind of enjoy that part of the day. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun to document.
0: It's stress free. And yeah. we're always like creative. We're like it's shooting just the fun. weirdest stuff.
1: You just have fun for a second. And also, yeah. I feel like it's like a great icebreaker moment with you and right. the couple. So I enjoy that part of the I day. I do too. I, I agree, too. though, it doesn't contribute anything. I can agree with that. But I also like, I like showing the venue getting ready, the bride getting ready, the groom getting ready, and then all of it coming together. Right. That's like a story. Telling the story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the, uh, well, we talked about this in the last episode. Slow motion. We need 80%, like 80%. I can agree
1: with slow motion. 80%. It's
0: hard to put a hard limit on it, though. Where did, where did the 80% come from? It depends
1: on your style. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah. I, I think. It just think,
1: depends on your style. I
0: think our boy Isaac just threw out a random number yeah. there. 80%. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It depends on your style. If Some you
1: couples want, love slow motion. Yeah. There's, there's a, so who are you to deny them right. what they love?
0: <laughs> and people, people need to stop saying their work is cinematic. That word is it overused. Isn't. It is. It is overused. Yeah. What is cinematic? What's the definition? I don't know.
1: Of these days. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Just slow
0: motion. Yeah. Glide cam? I think,
1: I mean, gimbal? my definition should be like a well-composed, well-lit shot. Mm-hmm. And that rarely is the case in like probably ninety eight percent of wedding films I watch. You're just
0: running guns. It's yeah. an
1: event. You're documenting an event. Real life.
0: Yeah, real Unless life you're like
1: Aaron Tharp and everything you point your camera at looks like a frame out of a Netflix special. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That word's been overused.
0: I wouldn't say it's a hot take though. I feel like most people would agree yeah isaac i agree with you <laughs> <laughs> uh kind of a cold take there isaac yeah with the cinematic <laughs> cold take
1: we all agree with you <laughs> everyone's
0: gonna agree with that one
1: <laughs> yeah i agree three takes in one i like it <laughs> yeah isaac your profile picture is actually dope though what is that it's very soft lighting kind of gives that flobert vibe like, it's like big it's like fan
0: peter vanderwall's yeah kind profile of picture big vibe
1: okay marcus mazano good friend of ours hello mm-hmm. marcus Wedding filmmakers and narrative filmmakers are in completely different universes of skill sets.
0: I have a long little thread here. With yeah, Marcus. please
1: read your read your comment here.
0: I do think it's a good take, but it's one of those things like, who's saying this? <laughs> <laughs> who's arguing this?
1: <laughs> I would never ever group event filmmakers and narrative filmmakers in the same.
0: Right. So I actually I disagreed with event him.
1: videographers. Right. Excuse me. And I, I know I know I've said before we're wedding filmmakers, not videographers. I've come around to the fact that, no, we are just event videographers. You know, we're
0: event videographers. Yeah. And I, I disagreed with Marcus. And I think maybe on the wrong terms, I think it took us a sec to really get on the same page okay. because, yeah, wedding filmmakers. Oh, you have a thread. Event <laughs> filmmakers and narrative filmmakers, of course, they're in a different universe. Yeah. They're basketball players and football players, different yeah. universe. But I disagreed on the premise that I believe wedding videographers, event videographers are taught more skill sets than any other filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I think you learned when we got the gig with Larev, Jack of all
1: Trades Master of None.
0: When we got the gig yeah, with with La Rev at Fountain Blue, they hired a team of Event. filmmakers, Event wedding photographers, yeah. exactly. And it was we crushed it. I would I would like to say that everyone would agree. Think so everyone crushed it. <laughs> yeah. And Elaine from KEJ pointed out it's it's crazy to see yeah. that we are all wedding filmmakers.
1: Yeah, I love what she said. What did she say exactly? She was like the fact that this was pulled off by event filmmakers right. or event videographers right. alone is wild. And we
0: were we were covering and all sorts of stuff. Event
1: photographers, wedding photographers right. handled that event.
0: Exactly. And we were and we were covering concerts, we were covering interviews, we were mm-hmm. covering live red events, red carpets, red carpets, mm-hmm. audio. And so that's where I disagreed with him was that mm. I believe wedding filmmakers can be pretty solid narrative filmmakers Mm -hmm. sure there's a little bit of a learning curve but i don't think it's exactly fair to right separate
1: well and please if you're an narrative filmmaker you take offense to this yeah please understand where this is coming from but i think it's easier for an event filmmaker to step into a narrative filmmaking space Mm -hmm. sorry i'm gonna use the word videographer an Mm -hmm. event videographer step into a narrative filmmaking set (laughs) Actually, I disagree. I don't know. I What I'm trying to say is um, I think an event videographer would have a shorter learning curve stepping into a narrative space than a production filmmaker right. stepping into live event filmmaking.
0: Oh yeah, see that's interesting. See, I, what I said in the thread was I believe that wedding filmmakers stepping into a narrative filmmaking space would be much easier than someone like a product videographer who just does commercial shoots, close-ups on, oh, okay. you know, makeup and supplements. Yeah. Stepping into a narrative filmmaking space.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah.
0: I think wedding filmmaking, event filmmaking, is the best transition to any other set. Yeah.
1: Well, that's why I. That's why I, you talked about what got you into this in the first place. That's why I gravitated towards weddings. Mm -hmm. In my first year, I tried music videos. I tried product videos. I tried commercials. I tried real estate, but my passion, my dream as a kid was always to be doing narrative filmmaking and I haven't really done much of it, but like, that was always like what I got me into filmmaking in the first place. And Mm -hmm. I feel like the wedding world was the closest I could get to that. Mm -hmm. That would pay the bills Mm -hmm. the fastest um, because it allowed me to tell stories document create a narrative and edit it in a way that people like would enjoy
0: all right okay the next one we got i'm super excited about this one well (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is from our good friends and colleague uh, colleague yeah i was looking for the word thank you from taylor petrinovich I don't
1: know why I always said Petronovich. I always
0: thought it was Petronovich.
1: <laughs> Petronovich is, is how it's spelled. So yeah, <laughs>
0: All right. but no, I was I, Petronovich sounds yeah. easier. She said, "Too much focus on gear and technicality, not enough focus on the business parts of running a business." I agree, <laughs> Jason. Oh. I tried a podcast about this. It didn't do well. <laughs> is that what uh, the
1: business podcast? Didn't do well.
0: I'm guessing it was just a, an episode he did about... Jason businesses. knows his business. Yeah.
1: I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, Too much
0: focus on gear and technicality, not enough on yeah. the business parts. And, I agree. And, yeah. I agree.
1: Yeah. And my comment on this was um, eye candy just sells. It does. So if you want to talk about business, it's not as attractive as mm-hmm. saying like, look at this before and after the color grade. Right. You know, one right. just is so much more eye candy and eye candy will always sell. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, and, and I think what I learned uh, with our courses and, 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 working at FTF is it boggled my mind when, and also before I get on this rant, please, um, the attractive eye candy things are usually easier mm-hmm. and should be lower value because they appeal to a lot more people versus the business appeals to people who are a lot more serious about taking their stuff to the next level and making it a career, not just like something that pays the bills. right And so I think they should always be separated. I think, uh, because, I mean, think about the amount of beginners who want to learn ISO, shutter speed, color grading. But then the amount of people who are actually like, well, how do I scale my business as an entrepreneur? And they look, at, they look at this as an entrepreneurship and not as like a wedding videographer. Those people are much smaller of a group than the other people. And because of that, they take it more seriously. You should have a, it should be a higher value product where you teach business. Um, and so I think because of that, the education space naturally. And it's not a bash on the educators. We do it. Everyone does it. But any marketing guru would tell you, push the thing that sells. Mm -hmm, (laughs) And what sells are the technical abilities of filmmaking. Yeah. Cause it's sexy. It's eye candy. And the business is harder. And it's so, it's so relative to your market and to how you run your business. Cause everyone Mm -hmm. does it differently. And so to teach a blanket statement course about something that could work for everybody. It's just, it's almost impossible.
0: I agree. And I think that, I mean, yeah, what what you said is if you can create eye candy, that's going to be the fastest starting point for you to start making money as a wedding videographer. And that's where most people are coming from, from zero to mm-hmm. how do I make 800 bucks, $2,000, mm-hmm. whatever it is, as quick as I can. And it's create eye candy mm-hmm. business creating, focusing more on the business side. I would say it's a, it's a longer burner mm-hmm. and In the long run, it will pay off more. If you understand, you know, branding and marketing and networking and all those things, that's going to take care of you in the long run. Right. So it's kind of like a a tortoise and the hare sort of thing. So what do you want? Do you want to make money as fast as you can? Right. But eventually hit those bottlenecks? Or do you want to take the the business approach, which is a more slow burning, kind of gaining momentum towards the long run?
1: And my take, my disagreement with this post, maybe it's not even disagree. Oh, too much focus. I actually agree. Um, You need both. You 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 can't just be a good business guru and have a product that sucks. Mm-hmm. You need to be proficient in the technical side of filmmaking, editing, storytelling, and the business side of, of that world. I agree. let um, I me mean, I mean, I mean, think about it. would you if you saw an ad for here's how you, you know, email planners and here's how you do your LLC and taxes, like all like the boring things of business that business we need to right. do versus a tagline that says, with a stack of cash, here's him make a hundred thousand dollars filming weddings. You know what I mean? It's just like gorgeous. Exactly. It's just like, and that's why it's just, it's just, it's just the meta of, of marketing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think, uh, what we, what we try to do again, that we're exemplar at this is we want products that can do both for people. We want a product that can be like, here's some of the business stuff for the beginners. And here's some of the, the technical fun stuff, Mm -hmm. for the beginners and, and some stuff in between, you know? Right. Um, See, so, yeah, I think if you're an educator, I think it is wise to have offer both because both th- are important.
0: I think whatever you decide, if you want to focus more on business or gear, whatever it is, eventually one is going to become the bottleneck. Mm-hmm. I think you have the business on lock. And even if you're booking $10,000, $20,000 weddings, learning more about gear can push you to the next yeah. year, you know, and vice versa. Yeah. So I don't think one is, is better than the other. Mm-hmm. We like to say be a businessman first. Use yeah. cameras as your medium to make money. But different strokes for different yeah, people, you know?
1: I agree. Yeah, the discussion on that was actually really awesome, too. Yeah. Um, is my turn? Uh, yeah, it is. Alex Kennedy, hot take Ooh. number three. Ooh. I'm not even sure if we've read your other ones. Maybe we have. Cranking the shutter speed is laziness for I didn't buy or bother bringing an ND filter to make my shots look more natural. Unless you're going for creative choice, just do it the right way. And then Jason's back. First comment, it doesn't matter. (laughs) And then Alex said, 100% 100 matters. matters. And then Jason says, not to
0: climb. (laughs) Man, ruthless. (laughs) And then he says, just admit you're doing it for money and not to better your craft. Which, (laughs) Um, Jason.
1: (laughs) Jason, we got to have you on here, bro.
0: (laughs) I'm totally doing it for the money. (laughs) Uh, Oh,
1: here's a fun fact for you. Yeah. And and, and, uh, Ray Roman, if you listen to this and this is wrong or outdated, um, I'm going off of your course. uh, What was it called? Something master, master in the moment, Ray Roman's Mm -hmm. course, which I love. You know how much I love that course. course. Did it probably three, four years ago. He cranked his shutter speed in that course and was just very open about it and said, my job is to be as quick as possible. And we learned, and again, Ray Roman is, has been voted best wedding filmmaker in the world.
0: Pretty unanimously. Um, yeah.
1: Unanimously. Uh, I'm not sure that's like a yearly title. You have to, I don't, I'm not sure. I think anyway, in, he got voted. He won it anyway, whatever. Yeah.
0: Unanimous. Everyone knows.
1: He's proved that he is one of the best. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. Um, and we learned after shadowing LaRev, who's also in that world, that the the game is to be as quick as possible right. with these clients because you might have to just pick up your camera and document a live event moment without hold on, let me just screw on the the Peter McKinnon six to nine ND, you know, I got the four and, you know it's just that's time you lost yeah. and if everyone's watching, you change your ND and the moment's being you know what I mean. Right. And so uh, I think one depends on the market, but also two, like I agree with Ray is that you should be quick. Mm-hmm. And um I agree it doesn't matter. I think filmmakers. It's one of those moments, sorry, Alex, in my opinion, that filmmakers care a lot more about than clients do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, personally me, personally you, I think we agree on this topic. We like the look of a true shutter speed, we, a shutter angle. We, we like when our frame rate is exactly half of our shutter speed or shutter angle. You mm-hmm. know, We like that look. We like that motion blur right. look. We just love how that looks.
0: Natural. Yeah.
1: Our clients don't. I shot they my first that. five years in Jake Weiser films with a four thousand shutter speed mm-hmm. for ninety percent of my shots. <laughs> <laughs> like almost everything was crank shutter speed, and uh, and no one cared. Yeah, the pros, great stills.
0: Some of our favorite shots ever was mm-hmm. with the one DX two. We're shooting bridles, cranked shutter. Yeah, I would have frames. like
1: an f stop of 1.0 Yeah, and a four thousand shutter <laughs> and an ISO of like hundred. <laughs> I would only change my shutter speed.
0: Yeah, no, I. I very much disagree with this take. Sorry, Alex. Sorry, I Alex. think it's
1: a filmmaker thing. I yeah, don't think anybody really actually do. cares. I
0: And I think what I also want to talk about is just admit you're doing it for the money and not to better your craft. I think
1: it's an interesting one.
0: I, I disagree with this whole like bettering your craft, you know, because I, I fully believe like if we're talking about let, let, let's not say it's this shutter angle or shutter speed thing. Let's say we're talking about the edit editing room. Let's just say he said, um, if you, I don't know, if you don't have these certain export settings, just say you're doing it because you're lazy and not to be perfect and better your craft. I would say that there's a point when just sheer volume and the amount of work that you put out, kind of going back to what you were saying, how fast you can be at making things happen will make you better at your craft. So when we're talking about Shutter speed, shutter angle, whatever it is, I think the faster I can be at just creating content, and without being like, "Oh, hang on, guys, wait, 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 wait give me, give me a second, go get my backpack, screw on my shut mm-hmm. my my ND filter," I think that's only going to help you in the long run. Just being able to be quick, mm-hmm. quickness is underrated. Yeah. Being able to get things done quick. Right. Lorev has those dinky little light stands for and, that sole reason. And before mm-hmm. we even knew them, we had the big bulky ones. We always mm-hmm. had to set up. And now we just laugh at that because quickness is right. very much a valuable thing well, to have in this valid. field. So I don't think when you a need planner to better says, better Hey, I need
1: the shot, it's so much more attractive to just say, yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Crank the shutter, grab the shot, right. you know.
0: I don't think you need to better yeah. your craft if you're doing great and mm-hmm. your clients don't care.
1: And that's another reason they shoot in raw. Uh at least I think is mm-hmm. knowing them and cherish. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of the reasons they chose to shoot get cameras that shoot in RAW is because it saves them time having to do their white balance in yeah. every scene they walk yeah. into. Mm-hmm. They know that they can just do that in post, and it saves them great amount of time. When you you know add up all the time you spend changing your white balance throughout the day, that compounds, and right. so they've saved all that time just by shooting in RAW.
0: Right.
1: Um, So yeah, I think, I think that's the principle. I think I I do, I do agree. I think it's more important to be quick. Again, depends on the market you're in. Um, And and I, and I learned that too when, uh, when I was really loving primes Uh and uh, during like a year, Mm -hmm. I really just wanted only primes, but I wanted to swap out, go between different prime lenses and had one camera, one gimbal. And I had to rebalance my gimbal every single time. And that took a lot of time. So then I was like, well, I don't want to give up my prime look. Mm -hmm. My gimbal isn't adding a whole lot of value. I switched to the monopod for that year, because that allowed me to swap out lenses so quickly without without the rebalance or anything. I just could swap out a lens. Done. I'm, I'm still in the right. moment, you know. Right. And then I now was like, you know, I'm kind of actually wanting more versatile gimbal shots. And so that's was like, well, something's got to give. Mm-hmm. I went to the 24 to 70, and I balance it in the middle, so that I can get wide and tight, and keep my gimbal movements. Um, so you try to kind of pick what works for you, you know. Yeah. But to be clear, and I'm sorry, I hate, you know, <laughs> I don't think it matters. I don't, I don't think, think shutter does. speed matters.
0: Yeah. This this argument, just saying like you're lazy if you don't do this, I can make that argument if you decide not, About to, anything. not to rebalance your gimbal after you change a lens, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you just got to be quick. And, 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 and
1: the toxic gender? part of this argument is when yeah. people like will shoot in log because of... Comments, and again, I'm not trying to <laughs> bully you really Alex, we like... we, we, we really <laughs> I love your comments. This Thank is a great you. teaching moment. Yeah. But I think a lot of people shoot in log because of comments like this where they think that if they're not shooting in log, they're not bettering their craft. Right. But what is really happening is they're shooting in log incorrectly, mm-hmm. and it's doing worse for their film than if they were just shot in REC 709.
0: Right. 100%.
1: And so I think... It doesn't matter.
0: It doesn't matter. <laughs> I think another person... Alexander Ma, our buddy Alexander Ma, if you watch his ads, he has some of the best ads I've ever seen. And he shot a Thailand wedding. And you can see in the ad that he created with that, the shutter speed is drastically Mm -hmm. off. You see the people just kind of have that weird motion to Mm -hmm. them. And you can see that it was not the correct settings. But who cares? I noticed it after maybe my third or fourth time watching it, only when I was paying attention to every Mm -hmm. single thing. It doesn't matter because he still booked... He's probably made a million dollars off that ad still.
1: Right, and then and to Alex's credit, let me say this to Alex's credit. Yeah, um, a high shutter speed does give you a certain look that mm-hmm. should be used in certain situations. Hollywood does it. Everyone does it. it, it you're correct. It should be used in a certain time. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we use it incorrectly. Period. According to the filmmaking standard, but I don't think it makes a difference between you being in a market or charging what you want to charge. Mm-hmm. We're getting your, your clients because mm-hmm. they don't care.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In fact, I bet my argument is if you showed two clips to a bride and a groom side by side with a high shutter and a low shutter, I promise you, I bet they would gravitate towards the low, the high shutter.
0: And especially it would look you, sharper. And, and when you slow it down too, mm-hmm. when you take it in 60 frames to 23, yeah. 23, 976, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. looks better. It, yeah. 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 Okay. Alex, sorry, man. We weren't really coming after
1: you. <laughs> I love you, Alex. Th- thank you. Thank you for, <laughs> Thanks the for letting us have that teaching moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you still have to agree with us. That's yeah, just that's Please don't agree with us.
1: I love when we can all disagree and agree.
0: Yeah, you can You can disagree. I, love it. I,
1: I truly love it. Yeah, you can disagree
0: yeah. without being disagreeable. Okay, next one from our boy Dryden Glod from Wild in Rome. <clears throat> Not necessarily specific to filmmaking, but a little pause here. I hate first looks. Wow. This is funny because Emily, Emily, both. Emily said the father yeah. and the bridesmaids things. And now he's just saying, I hate first looks. So he says, I know it's weird, but I just don't feel like they saved that much time. And I'm still so glad my wife and I didn't do one.
1: Okay, so you have some personal skin in the game here. I don't
0: feel like they saved that much time. Is that the point of a first look to save time? No, Dryden, you it's might not. be projecting yeah, here I'm, I'm, and justifying
1: I'm, why you didn't do a first
0: look. I've never I've never thought of a first look as to save time. What?
1: It takes up time.
0: Yeah. It's a it's a moment.
1: Um if I could be a full-time first look videographer, I would. I would. I I truly enjoy that moment.
0: Yeah, I I do too.
1: Most of the time. Sometimes it's awkward. Yeah. But like but, you got you got to you got to play the averages here. <laughs> Man, it's a, it's, a, it's a live event. So Freaking
0: Jason, <laughs> they suck. <laughs> so overrated and mostly a huge disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and sorry, then Grant Jason, Fitzgerald,
1: I visually celebrate on Zoom calls and they say they're not doing a first look.
0: What's the hate on the first looks? I love first looks. I think the first looks are love first beautiful looks. parts of the day. Yeah. It's actual raw it's real emotion. Yeah, it's Most real. of the time.
1: Again, yeah. nothing's ever all the time. Yeah. Most of the time.
0: You got to love when you have the 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 groom who you can tell definitely rehearsed it in the mirror beforehand. Mm-hmm. He turns around. It's just like a, it's a theater show, you know, and you're just like, yeah, you're yeah. acting a little bit,
1: but yeah, the acting, the acting ones do suck. Yeah.
0: I like what you say to, to grooms though. When you say girls love it when you use your hands. That's all I say. Yeah, you don't have to say, put it to your face, your mouth, no. or whatever. Just and I'm not, saying, love it when you use I'm not saying,
1: use your hands. I'm saying just like, grab her. Yeah. Just use your hands. Like,
0: do something. Hands. Yeah.
1: My my least favorite first look, and I hope they're watching this, is they, he turned around and said, dude, you look aw-. Hands in his pockets. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: Dude, you look awesome.
0: Oh, uh, did they fist bump after that? Probably.
1: Gosh. Um And it wasn't like a, oh, that's like how they are. It was just like an awkward... She was like, "That's it," and he was just like clueless. Dude, you look awesome. And then, I hate that. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, I don't like that. And
1: that's when I started the the the, the first look <clears throat> speech.
0: And that's when you went home and you looked yourself in the mirror and you said, "You know what? Can I do?
1: What are you gonna say to couples?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what can I do to make sure yeah. that never happens again?"
1: Yeah, I love first looks.
0: I do too. I don't get the hate on them.
1: All right, Junior Holden's hot take: You need a relationship with a planner to get brides. Nate Tien replied, as in, you agree with this or you don't agree with this? Junior Holden said, to have success, not at all. If you do right by your couples and continue to grow your brand, planners will come along with it. But initially starting out, you should be just be trying to get your reps and your style. Planners will come. Now, high end, that's a different story. Correct. That is a different story. In fact, there's a thousand different stories. (laughs) Um, In fact, I agree with you. No, you don't. I'm going to use like emphasize the word need here. Planners to get brides. Yeah. Um, I spent the first greater half of my career yeah. getting brides without planners. And in fact, sometimes we still get brides with planners, but we get the bride, mm-hmm. not the planner. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I agree. You don't need it, um, but to but to disagree with you, or maybe to teach you a little bit, <clears throat> I think it makes your life easier because absolutely, a, a planner to me is a marketing tool Mm -hmm. the same way a Facebook ad is an Instagram post, a discount on your story for brides booking you. In my opinion, and I'm not saying they're just like tools to us. I'm saying like a planner in my mind is a marketing tool.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And planners know that, that they are that. And that's why, yeah. And if they love you, they'll market your name and all of a sudden you're saving money on spending ads and you have a, yeah. Yeah. So no, you don't need them. (laughs) But I promise you, it'll make your life easier.
0: Yeah, this is also another one of those things where I can't say I've ever heard someone say you need a relationship. We, we've taught that, yeah, you should, mm-hmm. right? It's good because it does make your life easier. Yep. And in the long run, it's a great thing for your business. And I'll never forget, this was actually in the Full Time Filmmakers Facebook page. Someone once posted, and they it was, a, it was a great discussion post. And they said, what would you do if tomorrow... All of your social media was deleted and you could never get it back. Oh, yeah, I remember that post. It was a great post and there was a lot of people chimed in. And I believe it was Adam Grumbo mm-hmm. and he said, I wouldn't care because people <laughs> know me. Yeah. And that's what a wedding planner mm-hmm. is. If we got deleted and we could never get our, our posts or our, our pages back, we would feel still confident. We're still working on it. I wouldn't even care. Yeah, because if you have our people in your corner, bookings don't come care.
1: from, yeah.
0: Right. If you get deleted, but you still have 10 planners in your corner who know your yeah. work, they are your agents. They're yeah. going to give you weddings. And they a good w-
1: example was when we made Runaway Vows, yeah. didn't have a single post on our page. Uh-huh. And we booked a destination Cancun wedding because right. of a vendor who said, trust me, you need Runaway Vows.
0: Right. Make your life easier. That says
1: everything you need to say. Make you know? your life easier. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah, you don't need one, but it's a smart thing to yeah. do sooner rather than later, Agreed. I'd say.
1: And again, it kind of depends on where you want to be in 10 years, junior. Right. Like it doesn't, <laughs> like right. I'm going to start calling you junior. Me? Yeah. <laughs> Why me? I don't know. <laughs> I actually want to go at junior.
0: I like junior. Junior. Russ, Russ, junior. <laughs> I like it. All right. Grant Fitzgerald. I'm actually really excited about this yeah. one. Grant says, you probably won't go full-time in under a year. Four years at it, almost there. What I meant, sorry, let me, let me start that over. You probably won't, you probably won't go full-time in under a year four years at it and I'm almost there. What I meant to say is don't feel discouraged if you don't go full-time in under one year.
1: Yeah, I did. (laughs) I I, I like how you corrected yourself, Grant, because it's, it's so relative to your own personal business ethics. Mm -hmm. Not Mm -hmm. everyone will do the exact same thing just because someone does it doesn't mean everyone will do it. Right. Um, I do think you'll get what you give.
0: Yeah. I mean... You, I'm not
1: saying you haven't given at all. I'm just saying it's just so relative to to everyone.
0: And I'm assuming what he means by full-time is having enough money to pay the bills. And Because yeah. you could go full-time and Good. not bank that much money, but just cut your living expenses. Mm-hmm. Probably not realistic, mm-hmm. but...
1: I think it'd be faster to go full time if you get connect with planners. <laughs> yeah,
0: you probably won't go. Also, if you're gonna give a hot take, I'd say leave out the word probably. Be confident. You know, <laughs> come on, Grant. <laughs> Don't say probably. Just say you won't go full time. Because yeah. yeah, when you say probably, yeah. it's, it's wishy washy.
1: Yeah, I do. I sure. to agree with Grant. Probably. I do think a lot of people go pr- full time prematurely. I think so too. I think uh, I think for some reason there's this, and maybe I'm just like. Maybe this is even how the culture, the climate is, but I feel like you feel this pressure to go full time way too soon, mm-hmm. and there should be nothing wrong with maintaining a job. Um, and people, and I get those DMs a lot of time. People are like, "Well, when should I quit my job?" And it's like, "Well, when mm-hmm. you when you feel like you're consistently making enough money that it surpasses that job, mm-hmm. and uh, and with this job, it's so always inconsistent income. So you should, according, you know, I think sound financial advice would be." on average, your lowest month of income still surpasses or or is your day job's income. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even at your lowest month as an entrepreneur, as long as it's at what you're currently making, then you're good. But if like you have one great month, but then 11 months, you're like half what you would be making at your day job, then no, you're not ready yet. Yeah. Even if that one month is like 10X, it's just like, yeah, but you can't live on a month. Right. Consistently, are you making enough?
0: Right. I saw actually a great thread post by Alex Hormozzi. Now, I'm not a Hormozzi bro. I'm just like everyone. I see him pop up on my feed. I do think he does have some good takes, yeah. albeit very controversial sometimes. Well, When you when you pump out- Billionaires
1: as, always did something right. Right, right. And <laughs> when self-made you, billionaires when always you, did something right.
0: When you pump out as much content yeah. as Hormozzi, of course, you're going to have some mm. controversial takes. But he said, and it was in quotes, it was, what's the best job I can have that's going to allow me to build my dream job? And he said, any job that allows you to have 127 days off in the year, full salary, paid for medical bills, or sorry, your, mm-hmm. your insurance and time off. And he said, IE every nine to five ever. And seeing those numbers is pretty crazy because our nine to five, you have 127 days in the year to build your dream job. Wow. Cause you're working Monday through Friday. You have Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday off and holidays. 127 days in a year. That's crazy. So there's actually. no shame in working a nine to five and then getting yeah. into this wedding videography space. Yeah, you have you still have some time. It's awesome. I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and with weddings, you can work a nine to five and still have your weekends. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I thought that was a cool. Post. That's cool.
1: I like that. All right, moving on. I'll read Cooper's next too because they're just easy. <laughs> Photos are easier to edit than videos. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moving on, cake cutting. Bo-
0: <laughs> let's keep going.
1: Um, I mean, you could argue a certain type of photography, sure, but sure. Let's be real.
0: No, yeah. this. Yeah, this one is a depends a on little-
1: how intensive your editing, right? I think again, those natural light photographers usually just copy and pasting a preset and recomposing every shot.
0: Yeah, this is yeah.
1: Yeah, actually I will die on that hill. Video Photos? editing is a thousand times harder because there are a billion other aspects you have to deal with. And I think actually all photographers would agree with that.
0: Oh, no way.
1: Editing. Editing at least.
0: No, you can't say all okay. Most Courtney court. would, yeah. Almost all Courtney's would. not all.
1: And if they don't, they're probably doing some crazy editing.
0: But still, how crazy can it get?
1: It can't be that crazy. Right. Listen to Spotify and podcasts while yeah. you do it. <sniffs> Cake cutting, bokeh tosses, and gara tosses all gotta go.
0: Yeah, agree. Yeah, sure, agree. If if you want those things to stay, then please chime in.
1: Yeah, and if you want them to stay, remove the kids from those events, please. I I digress. The,
0: yeah, having a kid at the garter toss is it's gross. It's it's, 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 it's just something's it wrong little... with
1: it. Something's wrong with some, it. Some... Some pedo. Some shady stuff going
0: on. Yeah. Oh, we got our boy, Alex Kennedy. (laughs) Welcome back, Alex. (laughs) Welcome back to the show. All right, Alex Kennedy. Hot take number four. I don't know what number one and two were, but we (laughs) feel sorry for number three still. Okay, Alex Kennedy, hot take number four. We charge far too much for what we do, but if the couples are willing to pay for it, we won't turn it down.
1: Adam's comment, I would never pay my prices.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't either. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Uh, But... I mean,
1: (sighs) I think I disagree.
0: Really? I would agree. Yeah. It's not that hard of a job.
1: I think it is. How? I think documenting a live event the way we do it, you can't, someone can't just walk on and do that.
0: Justifies five figures.
1: Uh no. It's not that okay. hard. It well, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Let me think about that one.
0: <laughs> I, I agree. It is overpriced.
1: Well, I think at some point every market there becomes this point of well, you have to charge that for that market. Yeah. Um But no, I think if you know what you're worth for eight hours on a day mm-hmm. to work for eight hours straight. Mm-hmm and then you add up your business costs, your editing costs, like everything, your price shouldn't be that unjustifiable. But it does then I think once quick. you start getting into like the the higher markets where it's all of a sudden you just have to kind of keep raising your prices to appeal to those people,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then, yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it does add, add up quick. And, and there's a lot of different ways to price yourself, and we're still tinkering with a lot of things as well. Mm-hmm. But when you start factoring in your, your gear – and charge. You should, premiums be, you on should be accounting gear. for everything. Right. Accounting for everything.
1: I mean, like, and I've even learned this last year. Like, you should be taking like your your vid flow, your music bed, all your subscriptions, your annual things that you, you have, have to pay for. Right into the cost. And divide them by twelve. <laughs> or divide them by how many weddings you're doing a year mm-hmm. and add that onto your prices as well. Right. Like every cost of business should be being paid for by your client. Once you start doing that math,
0: yeah. then
1: no, I disagree. I think I think it's pretty fair.
0: It doesn't I mean even if you stack in VidFlow and your editors, it, it only adds.
1: And the hours you work.
0: But divide across all of your weddings. It, it adds only tax on. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. And if you're paying yourself
1: that. a comfortable salary. Right. Like you would be making it like even like a fast food chain.
0: Right. That's the beauty about being an entrepreneur, though, is that you can raise your prices. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with charging too much if people are paying for it. Yeah. Lululemon is overpriced. Yeah. They spend. Fraction of the cost that they charge, but it's because people pay for it. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with charging. Who cares?
1: I will buy the more expensive option on Amazon because I trust it.
0: Uh huh. Uh huh.
1: Nine times out of ten,
0: it's it's nothing new.
1: It's, Even if, unless, yeah,
0: it's it's nothing new. When yeah. when we don't know something, if I'm going to go walk down the street and I want to buy a piece of jewelry, uh let's let's take a, a recent example when we were trying to buy a a wine opener. Yeah, wine opener. We know nothing about wine opener. No. What is it? A wine key? A Wine key. We know nothing about that. So what we go off of, we don't go off of texture and build quality. We go off of price.
1: That's all I went off. The of. The more expensive the price it is, and the brand.
0: The more expensive it is, the more we assume it's quality. And
1: I found a thirteen hundred dollar wine key.
0: And how much better of a job does that do than a two hundred dollar wine key?
1: Well, I, five dollar wine key.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then a five dollar. Yeah, yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't. It probably doesn't do no. the job. Thousands of dollars. No, it's better. Smoke and mirrors. Exactly. So th- it sure. was
1: made from like gold I, I, aluminum or something crazy. But it was made from
0: like some asteroid. It was,
1: it was beautiful. Yeah. No. Yeah. But yeah.
0: I, I, even if we do charge too much, I don't think it's wrong.
1: But I agree with Adam. I would never pay our price.
0: Oh, ever. No, not a chance. Makes me want to barf.
1: No, I would never sure. do that. No. But I'm glad people do. Thank you. <laughs> Keep us in business.
0: Thank you. <laughs> uh, Emma. Not leaving a hot take. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Emma's just our hype girl. She is. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Hinman. I think it's on you. Is it? Right, um, no, it's me. No, it's you. Ryan Hinman, our boy. Super hot take from a Sony user. Canon colors look better than Sony. Uh, common knowledge. Yeah. Twenty fourteen.
0: Twenty fourteen. I do <laughs> think.
1: Uh, I do think Ryan. Sorry. sorry an right. Outdated take because I think Sony has come around. I think so too. I think with the A7 IV was their first camera. Where I was like, wow! And now that we've all finally learned conversion LUTs, and and you purchase the right conversion LUTs. Mm-hmm. If you use gamut, for example, link below. Mm-hmm. Um, if you put a gamut conversion LUT on both cameras, they already compensate for the weaknesses of each camera, and so you can make them look the exact same, which is a conversion LUT.
0: Yeah. Um, we're 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 convincing ourselves every day not to buy an FX three. Did you know?
1: Someone give me a good reason to not buy an FX3. Jake, did
0: you know that the FX3, they shot the creator with that?
1: You know I know this.
0: <laughs> no, I know. It's just hilarious how how funny everyone just, <sighs> it's just always in the same sentence now. No, yeah. Outdated take. Ryan, we love you.
1: But then he, he yeah.
0: <laughs> Ryan's funny. About Super box, hot take though. that you're like,
1: just to clean it. you're like, not since 2014. He's like, 100%. <laughs> 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 uh,
0: that's funny. Oh. Do we read this one? Yeah, read it.
1: All right. Wait. Thinking about me, should you read this one? (laughs) I'm about to go off. (laughs) Read it, Nathan. Give the people what they want.
0: This is a cancelable one.
1: And if if I start going on a path, just start... (laughs) Well,
0: what's funny about you is that your take recently changed. Because remember when I first asked you and you were like, well, mansplaining is this and this. And then it was after the conversation where you're like, After that conversation, I agree. (laughs) Go on. All right. This one coming in hot. We're going to get into the, uh, I have a feeling we're going to get into the political realm here. Let's just focus. Let's not focus on
1: the word. Let's focus on what the context is. Okay.
0: This is from Regan L. Miller. Those who mansplain about gear could really learn a thing or two from women in the field about actual storytelling. We love labels. What do we want to focus on? I don't know what's being said here. Do we want to focus on the the mansplaining or gear? Women or storytellers. So let's focus on that. Let's focus focus on. Well, what do we focus on? Are women
1: better storytellers? Are women better
0: storytellers? (sighs) See,
1: there's Uh, no way to answer that. What's what are what are you (laughs) what are you what are you comparing it against? What's the rubric here? Yeah. What's what is
0: I will say in our industry? The majority of my favorite storytellers are men. Doesn't mean I don't have women. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Maybe that's just because we have more of more men men in the field. I'm not saying I don't have favorites. Are you mansplaining right now? No, mansplaining is...
1: Yeah. Um, Okay, let's check out labels here. I do think that there should be a a more taught hold on, let me see, make sure. I do think we should teach more about storytelling techniques uh-huh, than gear. How do you think I do think so gear too? is one of those eye candy topics that it's just easy to get triggered and spend all day on Facebook threads about gear. Uh-huh. And because of that, we see that topic a lot more often and storytelling is such a unique creative process. It's a lot harder to teach that to somebody. Uh-huh. And I hate to say it. I do think some people just don't have the gift of knowing right. how to tell a story. Right. And Sometimes, like singing lessons, almost <laughs> I'd argue. Sometimes it just can't be taught. Mm-hmm. You just have to kind of instinctually understand it, and if you don't, you're at a huge disadvantage. And that's so. Let's take out the labels here for a second. explaining yeah. woman because I don't think it applies to. I don't, I, think, I don't think it's a gender issue. <laughs> right.
0: It's it's exactly. I do you can, think you can I do think there are a lot woman. of
1: men, especially in, on the Facebook community of sides who whose whole personality is. Um, explaining what gear does to people in a condescending way. Mm-hmm. Um, one could argue you should probably know what mm-hmm. your gear does if you're asking on Facebook. Yeah. Maybe just a quick Google search if you don't want to be riddled by toxic people. Mm-hmm. But I don't think uh, I don't think there's like a I don't think your gender
0: I don't dictates
1: I, I, how good of a storyteller you <clears throat> are. My I, favorite storytellers in life are Christopher Nolan, Chris, Steven Spielberg, Tim Burton. Uh, and Greta Gerwig actually yeah.
0: so but I would three say, men to one woman yeah and it's it's yeah it's it's not a gender thing it's just, I, I think don't think it's
1: a man thing the reason I thing. the
0: reason I'd say that I have more storytellers in this industry that are men is probably because there's a lot more men mm-hmm. I would love I would pay good money to sit down with Cherish or Elaine mm-hmm. or a good handful of other women about storytelling because they tell fantastic stories Cherish is stories. an amazing storyteller Cherish I will yeah she's, she's one of the a best. legend absolutely Catherine from Blink Films, Catherine. Yeah, incredible. and we did Emma. Like Emma. Well, when we walked out of Catherine's presentation at Emma's mm-hmm. workshop, it was we were blown away. Yeah. she's. I think Catherine might be the best storyteller. She's incredible. I think so too. But there was no need for for gender. I'd say in this.
1: No, because then Adam Grumbo, right? Jason McCutcheon's an amazing editor.
0: Ray Roman, Alexander Ma. Yeah. Jake Weisler. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't see it as a gender issue.
0: Yeah. Um also, uh, mansplaining. Sure. Let's real. just dive in. Let, like let's quick. go to, Please. <laughs> let's go to Alex Kennedy's hot take number two. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't believe mansplaining. Oh, is you real. don't want to oh, talk sorry. about mansplaining. No, well, I just don't believe it's real. Sorry. I
1: don't think it's real either. I don't either. Sorry. Can I, we agree on this. I, yeah. Toxic or sorry. I hate that word too. We've overused that word. Toxic. Our generation has killed that. I word. don't,
0: I don't believe I'm sorry. Okay. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm not sorry. Don't be sorry. <laughs> I don't believe mansplaining is real, and I don't believe toxic masculinity. Well, one could say
1: that means you're mansplaining and you're toxic. What do you say to that?
0: Maybe that's what you believe. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> no, I think I think t- uh, condescending explaining right is does not have a gender label. It doesn't. Everybody does it.
0: Yeah. In fact, don't don't say <laughs> it. Go on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, I think it's my I turn. Him, Jake. Alex Kennedy's I hot take number two. <laughs> w- Don't say it.
0: Please. No, because okay. I know you'll make
1: me go into a whole rant yeah. that I shouldn't go into. <laughs> Sorry. It's genderless.
0: Yeah, it is genderless. It exists
1: on both sides.
0: It's just condescending explanation. Well, it's more con
1: on one side than the other. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's on both sides. Yeah. Period.
0: Let's just stop labeling people. How about
1: that? Yeah, how about you stop saying mansplaining and I'll stop calling everyone a Karen.
0: Yeah, Which I'm surprised yeah. nobody like, <laughs> argues with <of> that.
1: <laughs> That's like so rude. <laughs> anyway. Hot take anyway. number two from Alex.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, we're going backwards.
1: Yep. Every filmmaker should acquire on set experience... Oh, sorry. Every filmmaker should acquire on set experience on bigger productions, even if they don't go to school for it. Sometimes they get tired of working with just put up a camera and start shooting kind of people because they don't know the proper set terminology or etiquette that makes production more efficient. Um kind of mansplaining there. I'm just <laughs> 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 um, uh, I do think I do think anybody would benefit greatly exactly. from a from a mentorship onset in fact one of my favorite times of FTF was when we were actually working on Hollywood like not Hollywood sets but like big production sets yeah. with like an assistant director yeah. Gabe, and, people yeah. who I was like like Brady I was like wow I'm, I'm learning this is a whole new world and I learned so much and like it was a crash course on filmmaking mm-hmm. And I do think it dictated how I shoot shoot weddings moving forward. So I do think yes, I think everybody would benefit from that. I don't think it's needed. I don't think so either. But I do it's I mean it's like it's like, yeah, you can cook really well. Obviously if you sat down with Gordon Ramsay for an hour, you you, you would feel like an tricks. idiot an hour yeah. later, like an idiot sandwich. But but no, I don't I don't think you need to know the terminology. I think whatever your process is, it should work for you.
0: Yeah. You don't need to know it's
1: called a duck clamp. You can just call it a clamp. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But then, yeah, but then I think the problem is on you, Alex, hire (laughs) people to work with you who, who, who fit in with your business. Well, if you don't, if you're hiring people you don't know or haven't worked with, that's why like yeah. think about Christopher Nolan sets. They're always the exact same crew down to like the gaffer and the best boy. It's always the same exact people because they have a shorthand together. And so if a shorthand is important to your production company, mm-hmm. even with your second shooter, then mm-hmm. yes, hire somebody with your similar background. Um, but you shouldn't get frustrated at people who haven't had your life experience Yeah, because we all have different journeys. Yeah. <clears throat> and the majority of people have just picked up a camera.
0: And Alex did go on to say, I'm saying shooting beyond... Wait, I'm saying shooting as a whole, I took this post as beyond filming just oh, okay. weddings.
1: Oh, no, that's fair.
0: Which, yeah, that that is fair. I think... But like, if, everyone has
1: to start somewhere.
0: If you just want to be a good cinematographer or filmmaker, then yeah, absolutely, I can agree with that. But well, being yeah. a wedding filmmaker...
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's why, like, the the reputation of Hollywood was like, well, you start as a water boy and then you just work your way up slowly because you have to learn and be around those people enough so that when the opportunity comes, you can fit in really well, um, and not get frustrated at, mm-hmm. you know, things. So when they ask mm-hmm. for like a negative fill, you're like, well, what does that mean? You don't know how to do it. That's when I can see, but, yeah, but that's also on the person who hired you for not knowing your skill set, Right. Not a wedding discussion.
0: Yeah. We'll keep it wedding related. Mm-hmm. How many more should we do?
1: Let's do a couple more. We'll do two more. Two more each. I don't even know how long it's been.
0: Well, about an hour.
1: Probably an hour. Okay. Yeah, let's do two more.
0: Two more each or just oh, two more? Oh, one more each. One more each. Hmm. Which one do we want?
1: Well, how many more do we have? We're almost done. Let's just finish it off.
0: Are we really on? Yeah. Oh, wow, we are. Okay, yeah. We'll just finish it off. Okay. Okay, we got Brad.
1: Oh, I'm on Ryan Himman.
0: Oh. I'm oh, you're on. on
1: Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see Okay, Brad. Brad.
0: Shorter, high quality video is better than a longer video with low quality shots. Some people can pull it off. Some people can pull off quantity and quality though, and it's legendary.
1: Yeah. I agree. Well, Parker taught me this, like in his course, when I bought his course, um, one of the things that stood out to me the most, I think what I might even be is like free webinar, like public knowledge is that when he shoots a wedding, um, and this is how Parker shoots weddings, yeah. you know, a little bit more montage uh-huh. uh, he takes the best 10% of all this footage and 90% of it is just put to waste because he specializes in those really short highlight films. And I think if you're specializing in short highlight films, yes, then you should only use the best of your best shots. Mm -hmm. It's better to have a shorter video with the best shots than a longer mediocre video, like what Brad's saying. So I agree with that.
0: With a good story. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If we shoot the same thing three times, we're going to use the best take, obviously.
0: Totally fine with a short, short video with a good story. Great yeah visuals.
1: and even sometimes when I when we would do like the feedback videos when we mm-hmm. watch those videos um there's even like sometimes where like there's similar shots it's not mm-hmm. the same shot but maybe this it's one of the something in the same realm where I would have just admitted one mm-hmm. and kept the other because now you've shown that thing twice and because you show it twice it now' has lost its value yeah and now I'm comparing those two shots and one's better yeah you know what I
0: mean honestly to me one of the a feeling I absolutely hate is when I go to the theaters and I'm in a movie and I'm at like that two and a half hour mark in a, a decent movie. If mm-hmm. it's Christopher Nolan, absolutely keep going. Sure. But if I'm at a, a two hour, two and a half yeah. hour mark and all, there's like a new chapter that opens up and I just sit yeah. there and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I can do this. Yeah, I would hate yeah. for a wedding film, a, a couple to feel that way about their wedding yeah. film. Like, Oh, I'm at six right. or seven minutes. Oh, there's 10 more right. minutes.
1: Another example on the flip side of that, we just delivered a, our park city wedding, Caden mm-hmm. and Devin, beautiful edit. Gorgeous. Um, and they think they bought a eight minute edit from us, right. but there was so much content in those four days, it turned into a 12 minute edit. Mm-hmm. And we delivered to them free of charge and saying, we had on four extra minutes. Hope that's okay. Yeah, And they didn't feel like it was 12 minutes long because no. there was so much content right. it wasn't dragging anywhere. Right, But I've definitely, I've definitely had times where I've had to drag the edit.
0: Well, one could say that 12 minutes for four days is still pretty short. Wild. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's short. No, it's crazy. You can um, make a full hour. Yeah.
0: And then did you watch The Queen's Gambit? Uh, I watched a few episodes.
1: So that was, a, that was a TV show that should have been a movie.
0: Yeah. I agree. It was a, yeah.
1: Every episode was an hour and a half and it should have been a two hour movie.
0: By the way, I know I told you that Kayla and I started the new Mr. and Mrs. Smith on Amazon and that it was I good. I did terrible. Don't watch it.
1: Okay. Stupid. That's why I was surprised when you said you liked it. No. The first few minutes.
0: Granted, when I did. I'm sure it started
1: off pretty hype though.
0: We we start. Yeah. Like the opening scene was so dope. I was like, dang, this is going to be a good one. And I'm really disappointed because I love Donald Glover. Mm -hmm. I just hate (laughs) this show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It didn't look very good. The reviews were were horrible.
0: Yeah. I, the, the casting. Okay. And I get it. I get it. We need to not picture it as Brad Pitt and Angela, It's hard not to though.
1: But you're replacing Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie.
0: Right. Yeah. It's hard not. It's hard to watch that completely separate, knowing Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie also. Because they had some chemistry. Right. They did. And I love Donald Glover. I don't know the main actress's real name, Uh, but I just both of them just they mm, (sighs) bummer. No chemistry. The script is really flat. Yeah. Yeah. Not too bad. uh, Not a huge fan. So don't watch it. Sorry. Noted. Yeah. I felt bad that night. I was like, yeah, you should go watch it. All right. Uh, Ryan, Ryan's,
1: I think this is just towards us. Yeah, he said, it, if you're not filming hotel videos, you'll be out of business in 2025.
0: And then he said, I said, I haven't heard of this one yet. What's the reasoning? And he said, we'll never know. The world picks winners and losers, my friend. So cryptic. What is he trying to say? You don't need to film hotel videos. You'll be fine.
1: Yeah. It's fun though. It is fun. guys. we spent all of January in Vegas it's been pretty fun yeah Um, I'll read the next one (laughs) chapters has fallen off by Nick Johnson (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think so I I, think well I think we all just say that because we've we've exhausted we've
0: used them all yeah as a wedding filmmaker you've you've heard every single one of their songs but they did just release the slow and reverbed instrumentals (sighs) I think they're still
1: good they have good songs they have some good songs
0: they do have some good songs great for weddings don't use them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll still use them.
1: <laughs> we are we are in need of a new chapters, though, a new yeah. a new version of like a new 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 chapters, to. a new yeah. boundary run.
0: Give us give us something good. Boundary run. Secret Nation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Cooper Thacker, our boy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I feel like
1: he's just a Cooper's us. not involved in this world and then he just comes into the Facebook groups and just like, oh, it takes <laughs> I'm like, what you're on a glide cam. Okay. You, you even change your sub and Ten years.
0: <laughs> Cooper Thacker says, Workshops are more for videographer meeting other videographers than improving their skills. And to be fair, I've never been to then one. Then you don't know,
1: Cooper. Then you have no idea. <laughs>
0: uh, it's, 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 it's fair to say that Cooper is... I mean, all of his takes have been directly at us. His other one was, there's way too many filmmaker podcasts yeah. these days. He's he's targeting these work work Cooper. workshops. <laughs> Cooper is one of our great friends. So where we'll let him. it slide? If this was... uh yeah, someone we weren't on good terms. But also, with. I'd be I'd be a little more hot out of the gate. No one said they're for improving your skills. I'm sure we could dig up and
1: maybe. I'm sure but I I'm, I would mainly i I mainly sure. go to workshops to meet other filmmakers.
0: I, I feel like we could unapologetically. Look, I feel like I could look on our website and it, the copy might say improve your skills. Well, yeah, well, yeah you workshop. should
1: be doing that while you're there. But I feel like for me, the most attractive part of a workshop is meeting other filmmakers, which is
0: why we bring in Emma Kay and Will, right? And, people want to meet you. So I
1: feel like this isn't a hot take. I feel like this is, this is just correct.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. The, the you, way that, the way that workshops are marketed though, it's come and capture, yeah, uh, get
1: good content, but get, I, I get portfolio it's like meet worthy the content. other filmmakers who are coming network. I love the most value I've ever gotten from all the workshops we've been to have been the network. Yeah. And using Emma's style shoots for our gamut launch. That was big. That was big. That was big. All right. Josh Vassar. Vassar?
0: Vassar? What would you say? This is interesting. Stop using
1: we, our, and us in your copy when you're a solo operation. Nothing wrong with being the only person running your business. Using first-person language helps build trust and makes it more personal.
0: Uh, I disagree. No. (laughs) I disagree.
1: It depends on your company name. Yeah. If your company name is your name, then yeah, I can see why you're saying that. But if you're a solo person with like a generic, I like could say it was just me at Runaway Vows, I would never say I. Yeah. Because I want it to seem like I'm a huge team. And that way, also, if you don't want to be at every single wedding you're uh, ever booked with, then remove I from your website.
0: Right. Say we. Yes.
1: Yeah. Because we allows you to have a team and allows you to outsource the filming if you yep. can't make it. Yep. Or if you have like a birthday or your wife goes into labor that day, mm-hmm. there's no like, oh my gosh, they're expecting me to be at the wedding. Yeah. If the language is my team, right? then no one will ever care.
0: Yeah. There's no more panicking about, oh my gosh, someone just inquired about it. Like, don't you tell right. my bride won't be there? Like, it's, no. It's all good. Just, if it's a team. Just tell them, um, hey, we're already booked that day, but someone from our team is yeah. well available. Yeah. We're available. Or, yeah. Yeah. or even just, just don't say, even just say, say you're book. Available. Just
1: say like, yeah, we'll be there. Our team yeah. will be there. Someone representing our someone team else. will be there. Yeah. yeah. So
0: hire someone out. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's
1: when they expect, like, in, since we're a YouTube presence, it's when they ask, like, will Jake be there? That's when I'm like, exactly. that's, when you, that's when you have to say it. But, like, right. where we've tried to position ourselves, per Lorev's advice, too, is, you know, come across for our, the way we want to do business and our brand and our long-term goal, mm-hmm. we want to be a team.
0: Right. And you can come across as a CEO of a thriving company.
1: Right. We don't want it to be like, you will get Jake and Nate at a wedding every time. Cause I don't, I don't want to be tied to that. (laughs) Right.
0: And if people see your work and they, and they see you email saying our team or us, and they're like, oh wait, yeah, I guess the stuff I'm seeing is their team. It's not just one person. Right. Because so I would love so for somebody to
1: take over our inquiries. I would love for exactly. somebody to have like a VA or like a representative mm-hmm. to represent Runway Vow's brand and to email our clients backs and the pricing guides, the brochures, email network planners, and uh, not have to do that ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. Just be the owners of this wedding production company.
0: So Josh, sorry, man.
1: Sorry. <clears throat> but I agree. If it's like, if it's Jake Weisler films, yeah. it would I. be weird to say we. <laughs> yeah.
0: Use the word I. Yeah,
1: when they expect Jake Weisler Mm -hmm. to be there
0: our boy alex kennedy on his first hot take take. (laughs) we (laughs) had a little bit of of a roundabout way of getting here but we're here and it's a little bit of a longer one so deep breath alex kennedy says hot take too many videographers have a couple course excuse me let me start over hot take too many videographers have a couple years of experience then come out with a course telling everyone how great they are so they don't make a boatload of money from courses, but don't practice their filmmaking nearly as much anymore because they don't want to admit that they were really in it for the money. Again, you don't see we're it, all in it for the money. You oh don't see gosh. Steven Spielberg making courses because he's actually putting in his hours and perfecting his craft. We used to admire getting taught from someone in a trade that's been doing it 20 plus years, but now we gawk at some film guru who's been in the industry for a couple of years and never even went through school for it. Wasn't Alex-
1: Steven Spielberg doesn't have a course because he invented universal studios. Yeah. <laughs> he created the amusement park and he's made billions <laughs> off of it. That's why he's on a course.
0: Uh, yeah. Alex again, man. Sorry, sorry for coming you, Alex. Off, sorry if we're coming off hot. Wasn't he the one in the comments that says like, just admit you're being lazy and you don't want to actually better your craft. Maybe Alex. Hop on, hop on, let's hop on a coaching call, man. Do like you do
1: people prematurely teach. Yes. I yeah, did it. I, I, I prematurely I taught, but to argue that, um, if you wait to be perfect at something, right. you'll never have a course.
0: You learn by teaching. Yeah. You learn by teaching.
1: And Alex, <laughs> viewers are, are are coming out hot. <laughs> um, when I released what video pro, I did it prematurely. I it, only been doing it for a few years and, and I'm not taking this personally cause I'm, I'm way over this. But my course wasn't for, to teach people like you who might be better than me. My mm-hmm. course was for pe- people who are worse than me. There will always be someone better than you.
0: Right. Always.
1: And so when people, and, and I love, I, we have friends and, and I love when people have been doing it and they, they figure something out and they're brand new at the industry. And like, I want to teach others how to do it. They're not saying, look how great I am. Mm-hmm. They're saying, Hey guys, here's what I'm learning.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I want to sell this knowledge. Right. Uh, and you can say, well, just give the knowledge for free. Well, then you'll never make money. <laughs> like, right. like, are, I don't wanna I personally don't want to be on set for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And if that's what your dream is, if you want to be on set as a film bro for the rest of your life, then great. But for nothing me, I want financial freedom.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I would much, much rather, much rather spend time making one product and sell it a thousand times than trading my time for money every single damn weekend. have A
0: thousand bookings. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Every, like nine times out of ten. There's nothing wrong with. Yeah. I'd rather make money in my pajamas at home mm-hmm. from a Product I built. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're saying. You're seeing people who want that lifestyle. Yes, there'll be good and bad versions of that lifestyle. There'll be people who do it way, way too prematurely and they market it way incorrectly. And right. there's a lot of scammy language. Right. Yes, that right. will exist. Um, But you're, but. but
0: I, I just don't know what the fear is. It's like. The lack of
1: experience doesn't take away from, that you have things to offer.
0: Right. Good. I mean, yeah, I'll, everyone has a course these days it seems like, but good courses are always gonna stick out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, who cares if it's a, a saturated market, it's it's just gonna create better competition and right. better products. It seems like, again, Alex, not coming after you here personally, but there's a lot of focus on bettering your craft. And I think if you just wait forever to better your craft, you're never gonna get to where you want to be because mm-hmm. it's a it's an impossible goal. Mm-hmm. So if you wait to get better at this and this and this, you're never gonna actually teach a course. So if that's your goal, to teach a course, but your focus is to better your craft until you can be X amount better, Mm. you'll never get there. Mm. And again, you learn best by teaching. Ever since we started teaching Mm. our course, we've learned, Hey, maybe we actually don't agree with everything we just said, and we're going to try something out. And we've learned a million things ever since. Mm. So you don't need to just wait to be there in 20 years. There's no magic number.
1: I disagree with a lot of what we taught.
0: I do too. Yeah, still a great. Course. I would say I
1: disagree with it. I think it would still work if you did it that way. Uh-huh. But I just think I'm learning every every day. Oh, I actually want to do that differently, or right. actually, I enjoy doing this differently, or actually, oh, I've like actually this is a different way of doing it that I actually like more for how I shoot weddings. Um, so yeah, I mean, people always make courses, but I I love I love when I I see a brand new filmmaker wanting to be an educator mm-hmm. um, because I know okay, well I know because they're brand new. Uh, business wise, I know I'm not expecting them to teach me how to be a millionaire. I would, I would never set the expectation, but I am like, well, they're new, they've learned something and you should have the mindset of you should learn, you can learn something from everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, it takes a lot of humility, right? (laughs) but you should approach every relationship you have with like, what can I learn from this person? Mm -hmm. Not saying they know everything, but I promise you, they know something that you don't know. Um, and I feel like even when we host our workshops, and we watch people shoot the styled shoots, um, and if you ask them why, why they're there, they'd say, "Oh, to learn from Jake and Nate." But I'm watching them shoot something or direct something, and I'm like, "Wow, it's actually smart. I like mm-hmm. that. I'm going to yeah. apply that to my weddings."
0: Right.
1: And uh, and the wheel goes round and round. Yeah. So no, I think I think you, I think what you're saying is true, but I think you should change your perspective mm-hmm. and take the personal. Or take, uh, just add some open-mindedness here and say, well, what can I learn from that new person who wants to teach? I agree. And I promise you they're not positioning their course out there as like, look how great I am. Um, if they found success, they deserve to celebrate it. We all do. And uh, if they found success doing something, uh, and I don't think I'm too far off to say this, and I think um, I say it with love, Emma is brand new to this world. Mm-hmm. Here's a good example. Emma's brand new to this world, and she's very open about how young she is, 23, I think okay. currently, uh, insanely young for the market she's in and for the success she's had insanely young. You could look at that as a negative or what her audience does and what we do when our, uh, our viewpoint on Emma is we look at it as a strength, like, oh my gosh, she has accomplished more in two years <laughs> than I've seen people in this industry accomplish in 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not a weakness. That's, that's a strength. Right. And Emma doesn't say she knows everything now. How could she? She's 23 years old, Yeah. but she's learning. So I don't know. I I, I disagree. I think, and, and she just came out with a course. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this is posted, directed at her. I don't know who it's directed at, Um. but because she's teaching something that she's learned in those two years of being in this market that she thinks is valuable enough to sell. And I agree it is valuable enough to sell.
0: I do too.
1: Um, so I love it. I love seeing young educators jump in and teach their little niche thing. I think it's awesome.
0: Yeah, there's enough. There's enough yeah. people to go around. Like, and I also wish that more
1: people who have been doing it for decades would humble themselves and Please. teach. I, I wish they and would. And stop gatekeeping.
0: I wish they would. Yeah. yeah.
1: I tell you this story about like year one. I saw some guy's colors, and it was really good. And he'd been doing it for a while. He's pretty well established. So I DM'd him, and I was a noob, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, "How'd you get your colors?" And he sent me a wink emoji and said, uh, "Trick of the trade or something."
0: You're kidding. Yeah, he like, Didn't tell you. No. Uh, no,
1: just wanted to gatekeep how he got his colors. No, it was way. probably just a lot, you know. Probably, and I had like twenty followers. I was, you know, I was nobody. Yeah, um,
0: that's crazy. Didn't tell so me. yeah. I
1: don't know. I just think like, just I never want gatekeep. to be that way, right? And so, even if it's me, I learned last month. I would, I would love to offer that information. Mm-hmm. And as from a business standpoint, you got to put a price tag on it. I don't want to spend all day answering the same thousand DMs, which is. I'd rather just make a course that answers those questions, mm-hmm. and then just point them to that course. Yeah, because my time is valuable. Yeah, yeah, a lot easier. Sorry, Alex, all your takes. We've Alex, just, man, sorry. <laughs> but these have been great but discussion yeah, questions. No, they,
0: yeah, genuinely, thank you for the good yeah. discussions.
1: Yeah, they're they're
0: incredible. Yeah. Okay, I think it's uh, you.
1: Okay, it's okay to have a template and reuse songs for weddings. You don't plan on using as portfolio builders. Yes, I agree. I'm pretty sure Adam Grumbo is very open that he only uses five songs.
0: <laughs> is he really? Yeah. Adam, please let us know about that. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't plan on showing it on your portfolio.
1: If you're doing a mass weddings like Adam is, you know, and you're not yeah. posting every single wedding, why not? Use just chapters. plug them into your template.
0: Yeah, use chapters. One could it's, argue
1: it's less personable that way. Sure. Sure.
0: Yeah. 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 just depends on how hide. you... Yeah. depends on the template, I guess. Yeah. Sure, it's a great template. I mean, if, if your couples have been... If you've been refining it and all your couples love it, yeah. then... Sure. Why not? But yeah, if you're not using it a portfolio, no one's really going to see it. It is personal to that couple and their first time. Yeah. I think it's totally fine. Yeah.
1: Um, can I read the next one? Yeah. Sebastian. Yeah. Most people's work actually isn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I was telling Nate about this. I've been thinking a lot about uh, Jason McCutcheon just did a post. I think it was in his group. Mm-hmm. Or was it just on his personal page? I,
0: don't I think it was his personal page. I think page. it
1: was his personal page. And it really hit me. Um, his first question was, What if the imposter syndrome is right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, yes, I think.
0: A lot of people's work isn't mm-hmm. very good. It's okay. That's all right. Mm-hmm.
1: It is okay. It is all right. Yeah. We are all in different stages of this journey.
0: It's all subjective, and, honestly.
1: And I think the people whose work isn't good, your first step is to acknowledge that and get better. Yeah, and not label it as imposter syndrome. Label it as I need to get better. Yeah. What courses? What masterminds? What classes? What, uh, what? mentorships can I take to improve what I'm feeling imposterish yeah. about? Because maybe it's right.
0: I do think you need a mentor to take mm-hmm. you to that next level. Mm-hmm. You're going to hit this this ceiling, and then someone needs mm-hmm. to sit you down and say. Your colors are terrible. Your sound could be right. a lot better. Well, Your think about movement. when you,
1: I remember I remember you said this to me one time when Brady, you you did that course at FTF with Brady. Yeah.
0: Oh, Your right. job was to right. film
1: as a whole course. The Brady Bissett, yeah, insanely talented DP. Right. Nate's job at Full Time Filmmaker was to be the course videographer. Yep. And I remember after that two week production, it was just you and Brady.
0: Yeah, it was just me and him.
1: Um, And you thought you knew lighting before.
0: Just the basics, yeah.
1: But you walk off that set, you're like, I'm mind blown. Yeah, we don't know anything
0: about lighting. No, we we absolutely know nothing. Yeah, and I
1: think that's true with anything. You read a book, you take a class, all of a sudden you 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 feel imposterish because you're like, well, why didn't I know that? Mm -hmm. But in reality, you should just be like, okay, I didn't know that. Cool. Now apply it. You know.
0: But again, it's it's all so subjective because, like what you were saying, when I did that thing with Brady, I walked out knowing all these different lighting things that I didn't even know existed. And we spent weeks spending way too much time to make that one scene just look good. And then I see something like Landon post something on his yeah. YouTube and it looks good. amazing. Mm-hmm. It looks good. He's just using a key light and a hair light and it pops off. Right. So in my mind, I'm thinking, Oh, well, why didn't he do this? Or why didn't he do that? Right. But, the audience didn't care, and the audience is the expert. The audience is going to tell you if you're right or if you're wrong. So when we sit around we say that some most people's work isn't good, sure, but it's also very subjective because yeah, the is. person in the bottom tier, their clients might love it, and they might have their little niche. But if they do want to take it to the next level, then, yeah, a mentor would be someone good to look into, to look at you know everything they do. I
1: think – along those lines, we need to stop comparing films as like some rubric that doesn't exist. Yeah. It is a creative art mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. There's no right way, there's no wrong, Well, will not be some wrong ways, but there's a thousand right ways to do it. We have to keep in mind that it's an art. Mm-hmm. But I, again- You can still
0: be better Then when life.
1: that virtue yeah. becomes a vice is when you use that to justify why oh, your films film. suck. Yeah. Like, oh, well, it's an art. It's like, no, like, you, that was a jump cut. Yeah. That, that was, was horrible. That was ugly. That was, ugly. T- that was yeah. overexposed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get that too, but- yeah. But if you feel like you know, if you if you feel like you're watching someone's film, um, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm an imposter. My films suck. You're asking the wrong question or saying the wrong thing. You should look at that film and think. Like, for me, I always watched. Um, I remember when I discovered Fiori Films. Oh, Fury Films. I think it's Sharon is how you say her name. Sharon from Fiori Films. Uh, if you guys aren't following Fiori Films, you're doing yourself a disservice. Amazing.
0: Which, by the way, amazing. A fantastic woman storyteller. A
1: fantastic woman storyteller. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And one of the most brilliant cinematographers I've ever seen. It's, oh. But I remember I discovered her. Personally. I watched one of her films and I was like, oh my gosh, I suck on I'm an imposter. Mm-hmm. But then my next thought was like, okay, well, you could go down that dark path of depression or just ask it like, well, why do you like her film so much? And I was like, oh, actually, I, I really just like the depth she creates. The foreground, there's always foreground, there's always a good background. Mm-hmm. And that just taught me, okay, well, my film, my shots lack depth the way Fiori's do. And that was like back in 2018. And ever since then, our goal, our mission is always, and not that we shoot anything like Fiori does, but it's always to find depth. Mm -hmm. Hold up champagne glasses, like find something to shoot through because I love that look. And so you could look at it and say like, oh, I suck. I'll never be as good as them. It's like, well, what can you learn from them? Right. You know, if you feel like you suck and you're watching someone's film, what can you learn from them? And same with the bad films. Like watch, yeah. watch your bad film and think, why don't I like this? Why am I not proud of this? Oh, the audio sucks. Well, then improve your audio skills. Take right. an audio course. Right. Or take a mentorship call about audio. Like if you don't, if you just like let yourself be depressed and play the victim card, and you never ask yourself, well, how can I improve that? You'll just be stuck in this this toxic self-destructive cycle. Right. And it's not healthy. Mm-mm. And I've done it before. It it's sucks. just not healthy.
0: And your work actually takes a hit and it actually doesn't yeah. look as good after and that. And I promise
1: you, your work is better than you think it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You get into this Sometimes. weird mind space of trying to make every single thing perfect. And I think it's funny because you see a lot of social media posts about this, especially on TikTok now. People will be like, I spent a week making this TikTok and it got 200 views. And then I just point my camera at myself and I say something and it gets tens of thousands. Yeah. It's just, just do your work, you know, mm-hmm. know what you're better at, know what your yeah. bottlenecks are, and then just play to your strengths. Yeah. And if it is an outsourceable thing, like if your editing is your your bottleneck, mm-hmm. find a good editor yeah. and learn from them sometimes. But you should eh, right. let me let me put
1: no, that, that's a you no. Know, you're right. That's yeah. a virtue that can be taken into right. a vice. You
0: should be better than your editor.
1: Or see, it's tricky because or you hire um, an editor that if is it's as just good not you. your skill set.
0: I guess that's true. Yeah, outsource any it. virtue can be a vice.
1: Right, but I do think uh, this is a good example. I think if you're if you just feel like I just suck at editing. I'm going to outsource that. Yeah. Okay. Great. Outsource it. That's probably a smart move for your business to make good films. But start ta- start teaching yourself editing. Start learning why your editors like even just like take their project files and analyze them. Mm. Why is it better than what I can do? You don't have to get as good as them, but you should be trying to improve yourself.
0: Yeah. Sorry for the chainsaw Yeah, in the Sorry back, for the guys. chainsaw guys. Um, you know,
1: because where's the line? Where do you say I like branding? For example, we suck at branding. Right. So we outsourced that, but we took our brand guide and used it as a rub- as a study guide to teach ourselves how to brand better.
0: I would love to see that, that. That's actually a great hot take. What if someone posted and said, you don't need to know how to edit?
1: Well, the word need. Yes. You don't need to, you don't need to No.
0: Could you run a thriving company without even knowing how to edit? What if you're just the most talented shooter?
1: Well, that's how how producers make their money. Yeah, but (laughs) like- They just outsource every job and then they make the money.
0: In the wedding industry though, is there anyone who- I
1: bet you could. I bet you're on the exact same ship. You could create the business, fund it, hire the best cinematographers and the best editors and not know how to do any of that stuff. Just fund it.
0: How do you get to that point though of having enough money per wedding?
1: It's just CEO energy. Yeah.
0: Okay, let's move on. Interesting, <clears throat> interesting. We got Matthew Reed. <laughs> Matthew Reed says, anything over three months is too late. Anything over three months is too late to deliver a wedding film. And I disagree with that
1: wholeheartedly. <laughs> We're taking it personally.
0: Yeah, no, I disagree with that. <laughs> I think, it's again, it's hard to put it on a rubric. Yeah. Every client is gonna be different. Some might see three months as being a little too soon. Being like, wow, it only took you three months. Some people might see six months as being... An insanely long yep. amount of time to wait. But regardless of what you think is too long to wait, you need to be doing things that make your client happy in the waiting period. What right. we do is we do the same day teasers
1: mm-hmm. and ceremony edits and ceremony a month. edits yeah. and
0: things like that. And what we have found because, yeah, we used to always stress about it needs to be done in three months or four or six months, whatever it is. And we're always kind of sweating and you and you mm-hmm. know that feeling when you know a client is about to reach out yeah. to you. And you have that anxiety. So what we've done, and what we found works like clockwork for us, is the next day after their wedding, the couple wakes up with reels. Tie them over. They're they're tagged. Yep. They, they open their Instagram, and they don't even know it, but we just delivered three, four, five yep. simple, simple reels. Right. And then we'll give them a kind of a, a thirty second highlight, mm-hmm. and that holds and if them over. If older. they
1: got a ceremony, we'll deliver that within a week.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And those things hold them over, and yeah. we have found that we've we've delivered films nine months.
1: Nine months was our longest.
0: Nine months was which our I, longest.
1: Honestly, I'm embarrassed by.
0: I am embarrassed by that too. They could have had a
1: honeymoon baby, and the child would have been in the world before their wedding film right. was. <laughs> they could. It's, it's embarrassing.
0: But regardless, it was nine months. But that was a couple that we surprised, and we really over delivered the next day, the next week, mm-hmm. the next month. We gave with, them content with deliverables, mm-hmm. and they didn't really they didn't blink an eye.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they 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 weren't waiting. They, they had, totally they understood, stuff. yeah,
0: because they saw our work and they knew right. that they were waiting for a reason, and and they were because we had a massive backlog and we were just struggling to keep yeah, up.
1: Yeah, and I, I would even put my own words here that anything that's not communicated is too long. I think yeah, as long as they know what they're, way they're getting it. into, it's fine. You know, yeah. um,
0: that's a great way. to I say But I think
1: it. if you if you overpromise and then underdeliver, that's where it gets tricky. If you're like, yeah, three months, then they're waiting on the mm-hmm. four month, five month. So yeah, I agree. Our goal for this year, um, because we finally have a, a system in place. We're doing way less weddings than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're aiming for three to four months.
0: Where did the three months come from, though? It's kind know. of an arbitrary rule that it just is. got set. And people just. It's just hard ran when with a it. lot of
1: photographers do month turnaround right. times. Right. Because it's easier to edit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andrew Guilford is repping six to eight month averages and thriving.
0: <laughs> it just doesn't matter. It's
1: because he's a solo crew. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't think it really matters.
1: And Matthew Reed himself is averaging over three months. So he's kind of taking that as like a self-reflection take. Mm. So I agree. I think, I, I do think if they're waiting three months to see anything, you're, I don't know why you're doing that. Yeah, you, you should wait. be giving them content way quicker than three months. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, well, okay, so what's the longest then? What What do you think is is unforgivable? If you don't think, if you think nine months is kosher,
0: it's just what the couple agrees on. Would you, you say te-
1: a year? Getting your film at a year anniversary?
0: It, it's not late if the couple knew it. If they said, "Hey, by the way,"
1: but as a business I know, practice, I, you I know you're
0: if you're booking me and I'm crazy behind. It's going to be probably a year. If the couple books, it's like, yeah, it's a year. I don't think it's a bad practice to say. I think it is. Yeah, it feels wrong. It feels wrong
1: because wedding films don't take that long to edit.
0: What if you have 3 million in your bag?
1: 3 million. I mean, if you have a hundred, I think you should, even a year Force? is way too crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, it does feel wrong to it wait does. a year. And I have spoken with people who have got their films after a year.
1: My uh, first two years of business, I delivered on their one month anniversary.
0: Their one month? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a quick turnaround.
1: But I, I had less edits and they were a lot more montage So yeah. it was kind of just drag and drop.
0: <laughs> Interesting um, by the, take. By the way- we're not even close to being done. Oh. They're reloading. Yeah, it keeps on refreshing. Yeah, they're refreshing now. I think <laughs> yeah, we'll, when, we'll when we both it. tried, I think the Wi-Fi must have been okay. down. It was that 2 o'clock yeah. Wi-Fi going down because there's literally hundreds more. <laughs> okay,
1: we'll just end on this one. Isaac Anderson, this thread needs some aloe with all the burns Adam Grumbo was giving.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to see this. Yeah, you guys,
1: sorry, we just talked for a long time.
0: Yeah, we thought we were going to end soon, but no. Yeah, if you want to see this legendary thread, there's a lot of good stuff in here, and we'll put a link. Yeah, but
1: some of these takes are just
0: stupid. We, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We yeah. man Matthew Reed just keeps going. Yeah, I
1: love Matthew, bro. Jeez. we gotta hang out with him. Yeah, you guys, if you want to submit your hot takes, join our Facebook group, and also we're gonna link below if you've made it this far. um Submit anonymously if you don't want. Us to call it your name. Yeah. <laughs> this has all been one big marketing campaign to get people to our anonymous form to submit <laughs> stories. Well, if you don't want your name thrown on then you should end anonymously. Um and yeah, we'll uh we'll probably continue this this series. It's been yeah. fun. I feel like today was a lot more educational. It was than it was yeah. uh for, Roast. For, for fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> Sorry, Alex, but great discussions, man. Thank you. Genuinely. <laughs> But, yeah, thank you for and sticking for the through chance, the construction. Uh, yeah, this has been crazy. Hopefully, yeah, we'll never be back at studio. <laughs> sorry, Jay. We're canceling
1: our lease. Yeah. All right. That's See, all. have a happy, happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day,
0: everybody. Happy uh, Geisentines.
1: Yeah, <laughs> before you podcast. lose or
0: something. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week.